have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. His name is Rob Fazio, and he's a business psychologist and the Wall Street Journal best-selling author of Bullyproof. He advises surgeons, wealth managers, and Fortune 500 senior executives on power, influence, and motivation. And his work has been featured in the New York Times and on MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, and multiple other platforms. His passion is helping people help themselves. Welcome, Rob. Thanks for having me, Alan. It's great to be here today. You know, you say you advise surgeons, wealth managers, and high executives. You know, that is one of the hardest jobs in the world because I, being a surgeon, knew that I didn't listen well to my advisors. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, everyone's got some uniqueness to their personalities. I think for some reason, I just got caught up and passionate about the, the tougher cases because there's so much of, of a bigger return on investment if you can get through to those types of stronger personalities. Yeah. And, you know, strong personalities often dominate those fields. They they absolutely do. Uh, whether, you know, it's a senior executive, um, it's people that, whether they know it or not, really enjoy having power and be influential. Um, and if used correctly, that could be awesome and help a lot. If not, it makes a lot of bad days for a lot of people. That's right. So what's the biggest mistake businesses make when it comes to toxic workplaces and bullying? The biggest mistake is they don't take action. They don't do something soon enough. And what happens is it unintentionally gives permission for that behavior to be okay. Oftentimes, executives or, or senior leaders will look the other way if some of the top performer and they are dysfunctional. And that just creates a whole host of, of challenges and manifests in different ways. Um, and I think we're getting better at it because it's more of a conversation, but, but most organizations are slow to act or, or know to act. And that creates all sorts of problems. Yeah. And, and you know, it's not only the leader that uh, does the bullying, it's others in the group that do the bullying as well. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and that, that's why it's so important. Um, you know, we talk a lot about strong personalities and alphas uh, and, and alpha can be a very good thing. And that's why we need so many people that have strong personalities, understanding the benefits of a healthy influence style and bringing others along and protecting others. Uh, but you're right. You can have a, a great executive and then there's one executive on that team that is really dysfunctional and dominant and bullies. And that throws off the, all the team productivity and, and team morale. Yeah, that, that's true. What's the best way to influence a dominant person who doesn't want to be influenced? 
Yeah. Um, well, I can tell you what not to do. Um, what you don't want to do is get pulled into this victim mentality where someone is doing something to you. So we have a tendency when someone dominates us or pushes around to do one of two things. It's either we avoid them or we attack them. And both of those don't work for the long term um, and almost gives more ammunition and power to the person that is doing the bullying. So what you really want to do is, is first to depersonalize what's ever going on and realizing getting bullied or dominated many times has nothing to do with you at all. And um, so it's so important to, to take a step back, um, to create some somewhat of a bullyproof plan where you're going to have other people go along with you and you're not taking this on your own. And in that group of people, you want to have people that have strong personalities, uh, but are people that are healthy and can see the value of other people. Yeah, I, I think the key word there is listening and having an attitude where listening and communication can come out? The listening, it's so it's a balance. And so there is um, an influence strategy that I call subtle strength. And that is being able to intentionally influence someone where you do it through calm confidence and you demonstrate both backbone and respect. So listening demonstrates respect and where the backbone comes in is you also have to demonstrate some strength. It could be a well-timed question. Um, it, it could be somewhat being more assertive. But if you are just going along with someone and being passive or submissive, that almost gives permission for people to continue to do what they're doing. That's huge. Uh, you don't want to be too passive, but you don't want to be too aggressive either. Exactly. And that's where I see... You know, the big mistake on the organization's end is not taking action, doing something. The biggest mistake on the individual end is uh, people just get beat down and they just say, oh, it is what it is and keep letting it happen. And over time, you know, you're just not good for your psyche and, and for your productivity because you feel like that you're beaten and you've already lost. So we do need to take some ownership um, and to take some intentional action towards standing up to this person. And it doesn't have to be you doing that alone, but you have to take some ownership in, in changing the dynamic. Now, you talk a lot about strength style in your book. Can you expound on that a bit? Yeah. So strength style is essentially a continuum that ranges from being submissive all the way through being dominant. So I mentioned avoiding and attacking. So submissive would be you just give up. You let the other person do what they want. Dominant is more of that attacking mode. And when we get pulled into our reactive states, those are the two places we pay, play in. But there's two styles in between that are much more functional. And those are subtle and overt strength. So subtle strength I described before, but that's essentially using different ways to get what you want or get through the person. You might be using humor. You might be aligned with their ambitions. Um, it's trying to change the pattern. And interestingly enough, Alan, no one is ever empathetic towards someone that is a bully. That's a great way to get someone to actually align with you and become on their team. And then the final style in the middle there is overt style. And that's what you equate to your typical assertiveness, using I statements, uh, advocating for your point of view. It's a more overt style as opposed to the more subtle strength style, which is, is more a little bit more indirect, but gets a message across. 
Now, you also talk about the importance of knowing about alpha women in Bullyproof. Let's go into that a bit, because I don't think many people recognize the alpha woman as the counterpart of the alpha man. Yeah. You know, quick side note, when I started uh, speaking about this and doing work about it, my 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 wife almost had a heart attack. She's like, for the love of God, please don't take this on. I don't want you to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Um, but my clients really encouraged me to do this because uh, everyone talks about the alpha male and their importance and what they do and they don't do. Uh, alpha women are critical because... Uh, they are able to naturally buffer the dark side of being an alpha. The dark side of it being an alpha is you always take over, you know, you're too results focused. You don't pay attention to emotional cues. Uh, we know from research on emotional intelligence and interpersonal intelligence is women just naturally are more effective at engaging and uncovering cues in people. So therefore, women that are naturally alphas have both that take charge mentality, but they're also good at being collective and collaborative and bringing people along. And what I what I tell women is for years, they've been trained about what executive presence, quote unquote, looks like. And we've been getting it wrong. We've been telling them just to act like loud, debating men where they're actually better at these conversations. And we need to reinforce that and tell them not to apologize for their styles and really elevate them because they're the leaders that, that we want in there. You know, just as we're talking, there's the passing of the monarch from England. And <laughs> yes. that lady had a lot of reserve. But I think if you look carefully, she also was a leading woman. And we might be able to say she was even an alpha woman. Absolutely. So I define an alpha as as someone who takes charge in the situation, whether or not they, they're the identified leader or the expert. In her case, you know, she was the identified leader, but you saw how graceful she was in leading some of these world leaders, you know, just by a small gesture or pausing. Right. She never had to get combative. Um, and she did a great job. It would be very interesting. We're already starting to see some of the, the shifts and social media is not forgiving. So, you know, uh, King Charles has got, got some work to do. We need think he might need a little coaching. <laughs> well, he's got some very big shoes to follow in because not only did she lead with grace, she led with humor. Yes. She did. Did you say humor or Huber? Humor. Uh, Yes, you know, that exactly. she would make people laugh. And and that that's exactly aligned with subtle strengths. And one of the strategies is humor is the closest emotional connection to two human beings. So someone, when you're making them laugh and, and you're getting along, they don't want to dominate you, right? They see value in you when you're able to do that. And so there is value in kind of pausing and connecting with people in that, that human aspect uh, as opposed to getting caught in this combative, like me versus them. Yeah. And, you know, just the one skit she did for her Royal Jubilee, where she was with Paddington Bear and <laughs> the little joke about the marmalade sandwich was so humorous, yet so typical of her. Yeah. And and that's great. I mean, that and that's what people want out of leaders, right? They want to see that uh, that they're like everyone else in some ways, right? And and what that does is if someone doesn't make a mistake or a misstep or their strong personality is too overbearing, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt because you've built up some credibility and, and influence capital. 
So where do people start if they want to become bullyproof? Uh, the easiest thing to do is if you go to getbullyproof.com, I've got a number of free quizzes there, some resources um, where you can kind of get a sense of if this is really for you and something that you want to be working on. And then obviously, you know, the book has 11 chapters and every chapter has a bullyproof strategy. So you could really have a roadmap for yourself. Um, but it doesn't stop with yourself. You know, the the subtitle of this is using subtle strength to influence alphas and strengthen society. So I, I kind of look at it as we need to become the Robin Hoods of of bullying where of power i mean where we take we take people that misuse power and we redistribute the power and we really need to do things to help out the greater good because a lot of people can suffer when there's dysfunction that's huge well let's go into some of these chapters in a little bit more detail to tantalize our readers a bit more let's <laughs> pull back the curtain okay great uh so anything in particular that you want to uh talk about or you want me to just pick something i think is my Delvin, you know your material sir yeah so i think that um one of my my favorite chapters um is around um this acronym deals which is what you do if you if there is someone that is dominating you consistently um so the first step i talked about which is uh the d and deals which is to depersonalize and that's to remove yourself from it and not take personally the second step is being empathetic towards the person that is bullying, not making it that you're condoning in any way, but people are rarely supportive and understanding and trying to understand that person's perspective can go a really long way in you being able to influence. And then the A is around aligning, aligning with their ambitions, agreeing with them. That tends to short circuit anyone who's going into the attack mode. Uh, and then the um, the L is looking for the hook. So what is really important then? What motivates them? What drives them? And the S is to show strength in some way. That can be that subtle strength. It can be humor, as you suggest. It can be asking a question. But just letting it be known that you're not a wallflower that, that's going to get pushed around. Um, so that's one thing. A second chapter that I really enjoy is the last chapter, uh, which is called Finish With How. And we, Americans, at least, I, I know you're in Canada, but Americans get obsessed with this idea of why and a vision. And what the le literature actually says is that how is just as critical as why. And where we fall out apart on when we do goal setting is we don't plan for obstacles. So habit sets for habits, obstacles, and then way forward. If we plan for our obstacles, we're much more likely to have skin in the game and go further than if we just get caught up in the why it's so important to us or what our purpose is. Yeah, I think it was Simon Sinek that said it's all about the why. But I equally say it's all about the how. If we don't have the how, we don't have the why. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's been so many interesting studies where people get caught up in the why and how good it would feel to accomplish something. They forget about the how and, and strategizing the steps. And that's the harder part. It makes you, it's a really good gut check around how much you want something. If you sit down and plan for the obstacles and, and how you're going to take the way forward. Yeah. Are there some simple steps to the how? Uh, some, yeah, I, I think that so simple steps to the how are the first thing is, creating your desired outcome, right? What do I actually want to accomplish, right? So um, 
I want to be able to uh, let this person know that I'm not comfortable with what they're saying. And then the habits are, what are the habits that are going to draw you closer to being able to do that? And what are the habits that are going to draw you further away? And then the obstacles, internal obstacles. So for example, if you say a habit of mine that could pull me away is um, I shy away from conflict or I will put things, put conversations off, you need to know it, um, of that obstacle um, if it's something internal, meaning your self-talk or what you're doing, you've got to really tackle that so it's not a distractor towards you. And then I think that, you know, coaching, whether it's formal or informal, right? You know, phone a friend, I guess right now it's Zoom a friend, but talk to someone that's confident and maybe has been through some of these things that can be somewhat of an accountability buddy where you're saying, this is what I'm going to do. And next week you talk about how it went. So it's not as easy just to fall into your comfort zone of, of avoiding something. And that's really important as well, because I, I think, you know, you need to get in touch with people that can support you in any situation. You do. And look, these are, um, I mean, I've seen people quit. I've seen people put a strain on their, their family relationships. When you are getting dominated day after day or bullied, it messes with your psychological, physical, and, and um, financial well-being. And, and part of it is that ownership. But we also need to be looking out to others and seeing if it's happening and having a zero tolerance rule. Uh, Bob Sutton's book, uh, no, The No A-Hole Rule, was a great book. And he's got great guides on organizationally what we should be doing. You know, uh, but if there's one thing that I, I, I would really want to see more of is a zero tolerance. When this happens, it needs to be addressed and there needs to be behavioral plans um, because it's not okay. That, that's huge. And I think that's very important. So how do you recommend that businesses get to be excellent businesses without bullying? I think that, you know, um, when I set out to write this book, my publisher told me, uh, not this publisher, the ones that said no, said, you know, you really can't do two things at once in this book. Um, but I did. And what I did was I took it from two angles. One, there is some ownership on people that are feeling like they're being dominated or bullied. They have to play an active role in this. And then organizationally, we need to reinforce the right behaviors. And one way to do that is having all leaders look at look at themselves. So I have something called the wait, am I a bully quiz? And there's 27 behaviors. And I think that start for an organization is have all their leaders take that. And we're not judging. We're just saying everyone actually engages in some bullying behavior, but there's a tipping point when it gets to a certain point where it's um, character logical and who they are. And we need to shine a magnifying glass on those things and say, hey, look, here's a deal. We've got to change these things. If you're on, great. If not, then we're going to invite you to a different career path. Yeah, that's huge. I think it's very important to realize that, that, uh, that if you're on the path, it's much easier to stay on the path. Yes, that and, you know, um, the, the quickest way to change a culture is the change of leaders in a team. If someone gets um, gets managed out because of their behavior that was dominance, that's the best way to send a message that, that, it's, that it's not okay. 
And the, and the worst way to do it is just to hint at hope and let it happen. Um, because then all sorts of narratives and stories go through the organization that, that really drag it down. For sure. So are there any other tips you would like to share with businesses to be bullyproof? Yeah, I, I think that um, what's really important too is helping people understand how much we bully ourselves because of our biases, meaning that, you know, the way we work neurologically is we get triggered. And once we get into a reactive state, we lost our ability to be strategic and intentional. And I think that we need to be really good at people understanding in-group and out-group bias, especially when we get pulled into certain political, you know, um, dialogues. We need to be more, I would say, conceptual and strategic thinkers and not just continually getting confirmed based on the information that we typically digest. So what am I saying? Encourage people to diversify the resources, the people that they talk to. You should be talking to people on a daily basis that disagree with you and trying to understand and having a more integrative approach to how you approach work, politics, life, all that stuff. That's important. Very important to have a integrative approach to life and make sure that happens. So let's go into the resources that you have to offer and your website again, please. Yeah, so the easiest way to get to uh, to get to me is get bully, getbullyproof.com. That'll be a conduit to the book, to free resources, downloads, those types of things. Um, and then on LinkedIn, I do LinkedIn Lives. And then I, you know, usually once a week, try to do a minute or less tip on leadership and, and being bullyproof. Those are the two quickest areas to get to me. Well, that's huge. You know, I think it's important to realize what platforms you're on in order to get to you because each platform has its own goods and bads. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, the thing that would be most helpful to me is if listeners are interested in the topic, ask me a question on LinkedIn, ask me to tackle a topic or a conversation. I'm happy to do that. For sure. Well, I can't thank you enough for being here today. You truly have been informative about a topic that's very difficult to talk about. Thank you, Alan. Yes, and I've I've noticed um, a lot of times there's apprehension and there's a lot of hesitation to talk about bullying. So uh, I'm hoping to open a lot of doors to conversations. Well, especially amongst men. Men don't like to be bullied, so they often bully back. They often put out that veneer and that shield, and that really fights off the whole situation. It doesn't help the situation. You're exactly. That's very common in the medical field. You know, the way they're trained is a lot of times to give a point of view and then, you know, hold up your shield and keep backing it down. Um, And I think that's a big, you know, I think that's a big problem. Yeah, for sure. And in business, too. 100% 100% in business, especially if someone is a high performer, right? Um, and, you know, there's enough research out there to suggest that even though they're a high performer, over time, they do more damage than good. For sure. Well, Rob, thank you again. Uh, this uh, should be out in a little while, and I look forward to communicating with you again. All right. Thanks for having me on, Alan. I'll see you again soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. 
If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, nobull.biz. And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate. To learn more, go to nobull.biz.